0: Hello folks and welcome back to Plainly Queer. Hello Paul. Plainly Queer. We're yeah. still
1: working on the intro but we'll we'll get there, yeah. we'll get there.
0: We're going to record a little ditty and you know have music and all that sort of stuff and um, Paul's going to sing for you. Um, <laughs> <today>. <laughs> Just to <laughs> ensure
1: we have the least amount of listeners yeah. possible. <laughs>
0: Uh, today's I'm just gonna blame people that it is that, you know, it's Paul's voice, that's why we don't have listeners. Um, yeah, if today's... we do this
1: awful intro, yeah. Sorry, go on, <laughs> I don't I'll interrupt you. Go on, I beg your pardon. You've got um, something really lovely to say there.
0: I'm sure I do, and people are like, is that it? Uh, today's episode is about talk therapies and the benefits of therapy and we might talk a little bit about our journey through therapy. I actually need That's a more. That's yeah. all we're going to talk about,
1: Flona. That's all we're going to talk about. It's our journey through therapy. We know where this is going. We know where the, this is like the last one. It was like, we're yeah, going yeah. to talk about queer mental health. Basically, yeah. our Talks mental about health.
0: ourselves, yeah.
1: <laughs> our, our if you want to know how we're health. doing, go
0: back to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, so okay, so yes, today is about talk therapy. So you and I, as therapists and therapists in training, are uh, required to go through our own therapy. Now I needed therapy well before I began, you know, training in it. So what was your journey? How did you start or how did you did you want to go to therapy at first? I think sometimes people don't want to go to therapy first. Did you know you needed therapy? Oh
1: yes. I think that's a good question. I wasn't expecting that. It's like curveball, but it brings. I wasn't
0: up... expecting it before I even said it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just brings up m- memories. And um, the first time I went to therapy, it was. I remember I was working in a job. I started. Now you're going probably back about twenty years. I'm not going to say what age I mm-hmm. was, but I was, it was in a fetus. my. 20s, was I? No, early 20s. No, it wasn't 20 years ago. I'm totally giving it away now. I was in my 20s and I was going through a a little bit of a crisis. I'd got this amazing job. So I got offered this amazing job in the Middle East and Mm -hmm. I had given up my room that I was renting. I -hmm. had left the job that I enjoyed in Dublin and Mm -hmm. I was offered this amazing job opportunity and I'd gone through all the interviews it had gone really well didn't expect to get it got it they were like Mm -hmm. that's amazing come live in the Middle East we're Mm going to give you all your accommodation and it was like this
0: amazing yeah it was
1: amazing and I was like couldn't believe it told everyone and you know gave up my job gave up my apartment packed up everything into this one suitcase one very heavy we can all see
0: where this is going can't we oh
1: can't you yeah the the literally the day before i was due to go i got a phone call and they were like we have to postpone you for a while we know you're all ready to go and i was just so deflated and that that week turned into two weeks and then that turned into and i just remember i was like oh my god and it was awful it didn't happen in the end and I'd given up everything to take this risk and I was so and as a result I'm very mistrusting of any opportunity that comes my way now it is always too good to be true and I always ensure I protect myself now so that kind of plays into how I operate as a person but it was a big uh, trauma for me but anyway in that time I was readjusting to the fact that I wasn't going to go and this opportunity wasn't happening. So Mm. I had to get a new job. Luckily I was able to stay in the place that I was renting. They hadn't Mm. rented it out. So that was great. And I got another job, but this job was not the job I had before. It was totally not who I wanted to be as a person. It didn't play to who I was. And I just went through this crisis. I was depressed. I was anxious it was just awful. That The anxiety for me is in my stomach. Okay. I feel it there. And I go through this kind of the fight or flight, the parasympathetic nervous system. It's yeah. all firing. And then the way I work then, I go into this like depressive low for a while. So I was in the okay. depressive low. And I was like, nah, there's something. I was just hating my life. And How was
0: long to... was this going on for? Was it like weeks, months?
1: It, weeks. Like, yeah. I... <laughs> I don't wait around long enough. And the way my ADHD brain works, no, nothing lasts yeah, yeah. that long. Uh, this probably a couple of days, a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. And
1: I got another well job. done. Got yeah. back out there. I tend to, that's one thing about my overactive, hyperactive brain. Keep going, brain, keep moving. It keeps going. And yeah. It doesn't give you much time to kind of wallow. But in the moment, you do feel those feelings you know oh, Jesus, so yeah.
0: no no that's not yeah, yeah it was it was through. a dark
1: place but it is it's the one thing where the hd does help you it kind of mm. kicks kickstarts you out of it but uh yeah so i was like i need help so i went to a gp and they were like okay have you tried talk therapy i didn't want to go down a the route gp
0: said that to you the first thing
1: a gp yeah it was a very oh, good gp wow, actually yeah Now, he did want to prescribe me something, but I was kind of like, I'm very wary of medication. Um, And so it's like, I'd rather not. And he Mm. was like, OK, talk there. I don't know why I went to the GP first. If I wasn't willing to try medication, I should. I think he gave me short term Xanax. I think But I also, did they're
0: get... good sign posters, you know, oh, um, yeah. so anybody listening the same, like, you know, I was the same, I, you know, I was hesitant about medication and mm-hmm. um, you don't have that information at your hands and you don't know, even if you're Googling somebody, should I go to them, what type of therapy, and I know we'll go into this, but, you know, that, they're a great starting point for somebody and just hopefully they will suggest that, yeah, talk to somebody.
1: Yeah, before you start anything long term. And I would always not that medication
0: is bad. By the way, we are not anti-medication.
1: All about and... it. All of <laughs> it serves its purpose. I Like yeah. you know, <laughs> but listen, not not, not to laugh the only in town. Show in oh town. my god, yeah. yes, it's not the only show in town. Sometimes they work great together. It's it's whatever suits the individual. So I'm talking about me, and this yes. is this is my experience. Uh, but yeah, so I went to the doctor. The doctor was like, "Okay, I'll give you a short-term little Xanax fix." And uh, but you should go talk therapy and then come back to me. And yeah. if the therapy works, if you feel better. And so I went to the therapist and I went for about seven sessions. Yeah. And I didn't even, I wasn't even able to tell this person that I was gay and I was okay yeah, with my sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> I, sexuality wasn't the issue. Uh, I was, I had been out and gay for many years and plastering mm. myself all over the george but and all <laughs> over the gay scene in dublin but it was just i couldn't i don't know i couldn't get into the space i couldn't trust the space
0: but yeah. then again
1: i'd just been let down something fierce so yeah. probably i couldn't trust but, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah yeah
1: so i was in that headspace but yeah it it wasn't working for me but i had naturally come out of my low anyway
0: so mm-hmm.
1: I had gotten through it. Now, it probably did help in a way to get it out and talk, but I just felt I couldn't re I wasn't really gelling with the individual. I yeah. think I was I got I got great kind of satisfaction out of just talking. Yes. about the immediate things that were affecting me. But I didn't yeah. feel I was gelling with the individual. Yeah. Nothing against them or their kind of way of being. Mm. I just wasn't gelling. So I think after the six or seven sessions I left. And yeah. I But I, I did realize the benefits of it. Yeah. And I then linked into it a couple of years later. I think I went yeah. through, not something as big, but I was going probably through something in my life.
0: So you knew you could use it as a resource. I, yeah, I leaned into it. Yeah. And
1: that was an amazing body of work. I think I was there for oh, about 15 sessions. Mm. And I'll name drop here. It was Insight Matters. Uh, yeah. And it was an amazing experience. Such, I, I just felt like I had a connection to this person. This person understood yeah. me. The, and we're talking about the affirming kind of a therapy as yeah. well. Inside like Matters is a queer affirming space. And I yeah. knew that going in. So I suppose that kind of eased me a little. And it was just great. I told this person stuff I'd never told anyone. And it was great yeah. to get it out there and not have the judgment. And not, you know, to feel that you're not judged and you can say anything. I think there's always aspects of ourselves that we won't bring, because the mind can be a dark place, and we yeah. all have dark kind of thoughts that we're very difficult to put out there. Yeah, but and there's a fear
0: just... again that we're going to be judged. There's a fear of going, Jesus, if they see yeah. this, they're going to think I am this, that, or the other. And they're going to think I I'm a monster. Am. Yeah, because I think I'm a monster for having the thought in the first place, or having mm-hmm. these, th- you know, um maybe it's something you did when you were you know plaster drunk or something like that and you're like well I can't tell anybody this and um I the one thing I keep going back to and I remember when I was in training going you know and uh, they were talking about you know what what will you do you know if somebody comes in they tell you something and you're shocked and whatever and you know the point about it was that going any kind, anything anybody does is capable you are capable of the same and mm. I remember all of us are like excuse me no we're not and I was it's human. If somebody sitting in front of you has said they've done something, they've done it as a human. So given the right circumstances, given their life, given their experiences, given what they've just gone through, and um, put you in that situation, you may very well do the exact same thing. And I mm. remember going, Jesus, yeah. So uh, the reason why I'm saying that is, is because yes, we all do have our deep dark secrets and we are, we are afraid. I cannot say this. What will they think of me? Because I think X, Y, and Z of me. But for me,
1: it just proves your humanity, you know. I think we, I'm going to segue, but bring mm. me back if I go too far, okay? Um, <laughs> I, just as you're talking, you know, those we all have our deep, dark secrets. And yeah. I think that's so, that's even more prevalent for queer people. And mm. for me, I really like the concept of, like Carl Jung and his work around the shadow yes. and what we kind of hide in our shadow selves. Can so, you
0: explain that to people who don't know what we're talking about? So as a therapist I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." So yeah, the shadow okay, self so is what? Carlyon's the shadow, shadow
1: self is all those parts of yourself that were not accepted by the outside world or you feel are not accepted by the outside world or you feel, you know, if you put them out there you will get rejection, you will You not don't feel, accept. Them. Yeah. So they go into yourself that you put them back there and you put up a mask so you put up a persona you put up a mask you be what you need to be in your environment to to survive to be acceptance to be loved to be so everything that you feel will make you rejected or you know will like I don't frame these things very well, theoretically. No, that was but
0: perfect. If yeah, I'm yeah. writing them down, no, oh awesome. my
1: God, I can write them down so well. But yeah, so the shadow is all those kind of what might be perceived as negatives yeah. are put into the back of your mind and they dwell there in the shadow. And yeah. for queer individuals, I'll speak for myself, from mm-hmm. my perspective. And this is like, It's really interesting. I have existed for the majority of my life in the shadow, like in my shadow self, because that's my true self. That's everything I was hiding when I was growing up. Everything that I kind of, everything that was me was put in the shadow because that would not be accepted by the outside world. So you're putting it all in your shadow self for no one to see and you're existing there. And then you have this mask, this persona that you're showing to the world yeah to 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 get go through this heteronormative narrative to kind of live how you are taught you should live, yeah. and it's only as you as I got older, I was kind of like letting that shadow self out, but I think because a lot of me dwelled in that shadow for so long. There mm. are some dark, dark stuff. There's some anger there. There's some like, mm. how dare I be kind of made to live in this shadow for so? How dare yeah. I be made to like, you know, have to exist in this space and not be my true self? There's how a lot of, valid is I, that
0: though? Oh, how beautiful is that anger? Because yeah. that is truth. You but that's should where never where anarchist
1: have that truth. side comes yeah. from. That's where like a lot of my kind of fierce emotions come from. Where I'm just kind of like. There's a like, benefit
0: of therapy. You know, oh, yeah, you there. Now you see that. Yeah. So that, that, like, that, fabulous. Well done for putting that. Um, And you did, you eloquently put it. And um, I almost had an image, and not of you, but like an image of, like, you know, Column hiding in the shadows or something. Yes. Like, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> My precious.
0: Yeah. But, you know, oh, yeah, that telling, you, that internalized homophobia piece. Like, but can I just say,
1: i'm sorry to interject i'm so sorry oh. but just as you were talking about gollum and like that like that creature in the shadow jim oh, oh it's it might be lost if you haven't heard the other kind of the mental health episode that we did the queer mental health but you remember when i had talked about that having to reassure myself that i'm like a man and that i'm capable that i'm actually a man yeah. and i'm capable of that i revert back to that golem like thing that's in the shadow that was made to i revert back to that yeah, and it's not like, okay
0: person not okay yeah piece. that
1: being vulnerable and being kind of that meekness yeah. it's it's fascinating and like i i did some shadow work i did a lot of it with a really good Jungian psychotherapist and they yeah. were very good and i was lucky enough to have this person as because of course as part of core training you have to do i had to do 50 hours of personal therapy yeah and this person was with me for the majority of that and it was great to do that it was great to be compassionate to the fact that a lot of me had to exist in this shadow and a lot of me still exists in this shadow and that i do have a shadow side but my shadow side is a lot of my true self and yeah. that, true, that true self is a little bit dark and a little bit yeah anarchist
0: <laughs> i like it and yeah. um, i think that as well you know when you go i i, I i'm gonna say this but i want to go back to a question because you, you touched on something there um, oh jesus and now i've lost it i should have just said it and then came back what was i gonna say
1: We should just keep interrupting each other other whenever
0: these things. I know, yeah. Okay, I'll go back to what I was going to say, and that was, you know, you talk about Jungian, and that's sort of psychodynamic type of therapy. Did you do other therapies? So, like for anybody listening, there are different, many different types of talk therapy, um, Mm. and many just different types of therapy altogether. So, what types of therapy have you done?
1: So, I have done, I suppose, person-centered. Yep, kind of done talk that myself. therapy. Yeah, which is kind of, you know, the kind I uh, think that was my be,
0: first therapist actually was a person centered. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That would be kind of Carl Rogers, you know, core conditions where you're kind of met with you're given space to kind unconditional of unconditional
0: positive regard.
1: Yeah. You're given that non judgmental space, you will find your way to what you were looking for in this space. You know, we'll yeah. we'll we'll walk together on the journey. To exactly you know you will go where you want to go and it's very it's it's a lovely way of just dipping your toe, not dipping your toe. That's awful. Oh my god! No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, in the back. I know what sniff, you mean, but like that is, if, you, yeah. if
0: you ever go into therapy, uh, that would be kind of just, I'd say, a basic tenet of how I work is like you know anybody sitting in front of me, you are who you are. I have no right to tell you otherwise. And if I can fully accept you as you are and love you as you are, and people say you know you're a therapist, you shouldn't be loving anyone, but I'm like. I actually think we all need to be doing that. I will accept you fully and love you for that. And I'm not talking obviously romantic, but I mean, just genuinely, every human on this planet is trying to do their best, you know, most, even. Most definitely. Yeah. I, um, I so that's where I have a basic, you know, that's where just out of any yeah. modality that I even work from as a therapist, that's the basic, that's what I was trained in as well, actually. So.
1: And I think it's important to point out as well for people listening that like your core training always starts from that like it always kind of starts from person-centered the core conditions you build a robust foundation of listening skills like being present just that non-judgmental space and then you build on that and you go off into other kind of modalities or specialities I suppose other things I have tried I try like that Jungian kind of psychoanalytic psychodynamic psychotherapy where you kind of dig a little bit deeper it's all about you know why are you doing what you do like so Mm -hmm. you're it's like an investigation nearly it's like it's like putting a little microscope and it's it's threads it's following threads back and it's not being afraid to go down the wormholes and it's Mm. inferring from the past and inferring like a deeper meaning i suppose um, mm-hmm. I love metaphor and uh-huh, um, okay. Carl Jung, Carl Jung would have worked a lot with metaphor and he has a great book, uh, yeah. Man and His Symbols, I think it is. But yeah. um, he does and archetypes
0: I, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah.
1: All the, I love that. That's kind of around for me, possibly in, in the future. Okay. Uh, don't get me wrong. It, it's very hard to conceptualize it because it is so vague and it is so it's kind of the mystical side of psychotherapy yeah he was
0: very kind of spiritual well when i say yeah. spiritual but mystical in, high, in his his approach to it and mm. you know there's something yeah magic in how he came to his theories and came to his type of therapy there's something really intuitive about it. it's also something that comes to me and uh, you follow as you say the threads using your your intuition going okay well what is this okay that kind of brings me here that kind of brings me there that kind of and you just keep going 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 as you say down the rabbit hole and going okay now yeah, i've yeah. got this and yeah
1: you're trying to infer from so we have our consciousness what we're conscious mm-hmm. of and then we have our unconscious so yeah. did you ever see the iceberg diagram yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i suppose to so frame what we it see in the people the the surface is
0: nothing yeah
1: exactly so you have this little tip of the iceberg dipping out of the water and that's your consciousness. That's what mm. you are aware of. And then below the water, you have your unconscious, which
0: yes. is enormous. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's like, and it's fast. So it's trying to, I suppose that psychodynamic psychotherapy conscious. is yeah. trying to, yeah, exactly. Make that unconscious conscious uh, yeah. and to bring these things into your awareness. Yeah, I know we said sometimes awareness is a double-edged sword and this is what I mean by yeah. that because sometimes these things can come up and you're kind of like oh well like the shadow for example you have these dark yeah. sides of yourself and like how do you anger can be one of them oh you know? yeah I, I, I love
0: anger I love mm. as in you know when people tap into that but the double-edged sword of that is is that you know uh, a lot of the time people are absolutely justified you know well people your anger is your anger you're justified but what I mean by that is when you realize, hold on a second, that was not okay. You know, they should not have said that. They should not have did that. Or I can't believe that happened to me and nobody did anything. And you get really angry at maybe he, you could internalize it at yourself, but also the people around you and you go, oh, I don't know how to handle this. This is mm. really because it's brand new. You may never have allowed been allowed your anger before now. And now it's the awareness of it, it's all there. And you may have to come into contact with those people and get really uh, activated in that anger again and go, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know what to do with this anger when I see these people like that. This is the stuff I was talking about 30, 40 years ago. Why am I still angry now? Do you
1: know what's great though? Sorry, Clodagh, when you're talking like that, it's something that's coming up for me. The great thing about awareness is and bringing these things to the forefront of your, not into your consciousness is that I think, and it just struck me there, but I think I knew, when you're aware of how you are in the world and why you are in the world, yeah. it's it's easier, like you'll still get depressed, you'll still get mm-hmm. anxious, you'll still get triggered, you'll still get all these things, you'll still get quick to anger, but you'll be able to kind of rationalize it easier. It's easier understand to rationalize things and yeah. understand it. And just to say, Hold on a second. I I know why I just did that, and like, and it, it's reach. Oh, I'm going to segue into CBT. Can I segue into CBT?
0: Absolutely. I was going to ask you, had you ever had it? Go on, yeah.
1: Yeah. I now I will be honest and say the CBT I did do, Um <laughs> I I didn't see out the full six sessions like that. I didn't really, I suppose, mesh with the person. It was yeah. very it was very structured, and there was a lot of. I don't know, there was a lot of trying to get information that I I just, it it was, yeah, it wasn't for me, but Mm -hmm. uh, saying that I have done CBT, well, so CBT is Cognitive Behavioural
0: Therapy. Oh, yes. It's (laughs)
1: basically reprogramming your brain is the easy way to describe that. But I suppose for me, I did CBT or Cognitive Behavioural Therapy worksheets myself, and i find them very good and of course i studied this in college as well in core training and i've actually used interventions myself that's the great thing about the pluralistic approach and that's why kind of pluralistic therapists are really good because they can kind of so
0: pluralistic therapists are
1: therapies therapists that kind of would draw on some of these modalities so you know we could start off with a person-centered approach and then something might if anxiety or depression is featuring a lot maybe a cbt kind of exercise just Mm -hmm. to kind of examine negative thoughts and, yeah. you know, structure these negative thoughts and challenge these negative thoughts. And, yeah. you know, then maybe in a couple of weeks time or a couple of sessions down the way, you know, you have a mad dream and you kind of want to discuss the dream. Like, okay, let's do a little inferring yeah. here. Let's like do a little bit of psychodynamic here. But I yeah. suppose the thing about this is you're looking for a therapist that's competent in all these and is yeah. confident in all these. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's why, you know, I'm like shop around but no yeah. do, do you kind it, of do your research
0: yeah and and you, I mean you've touched on it you know you may not gel with the person and that mm. is perfectly okay that doesn't mean therapy is bad that just means you don't get on with the person you're talking to there's something about it whether it is the type of therapy so like maybe you go in for a CBT and they're a pure CBT therapist that is not the therapy you need or want and you realize that in there and is something we mentioned earlier is if you're a people pleaser, do not stay in therapy to please your therapist.
1: Don't or be I, nice, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> don't, no. It's a waste Can of I money. Yeah, it's a waste of so money. I um, actually can I I have to apologise. I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry.
0: For it. This, this is, is great. The, I this get is to a sit passion. back and
1: usually you're Usually you come in Usually you're the one, you oh,
0: you're and, the one that's like no, rabbiting you, on.
1: You level you level me out more usually. Oh, I, I, yeah, I feel like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, so I'm more confident in it. But I suppose I just wanted to touch on EAP programs, which are employee assistance programs. And I will put my hand up and say I've utilized these in three jobs that I've had over the last two years. Mm -hmm. So now these are jobs. I was on a career break with COVID from my main day job. And because, I'm, of course, I'm not a fully fledged out there therapist yet. I'm kind of on my baby legs. But uh, I have to have a day job. But when I was in the gap So basically
0: what he's saying, people, is his uh, window <laughs> or his, his diary will be opening very soon. And he's looking for, you know, anybody looking for a <laughs> yeah. you know where to go. Yes. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. And
1: they'll avoid it after listening yeah. to yeah, the, yeah, yeah. A few episodes. I'm not going anywhere near him. But sorry, yes, I was in a, say I was in a job and I was working in a healthcare setting and I seen a poster on the wall. And it was like oh employee assistance program you know you can get six free sessions of counseling and i was like bonus yes Mm -hmm. six six sessions to just be about me yes please so i utilized them and i did it and i did it in those three different jobs and i didn't last very long on those jobs because they weren't for me and i was on a career break and i was trying everything and anything but i made use of those eap programs and those six free sessions you know, um, you, you,
0: you've you touched on something there as well. And that is the benefit. And a lot of people go, oh, I can't go to therapy. Like, I'm not, you know, this, this, you know, and I'll speak from an Irish perspective going, you have to be mad to go to therapy sometimes, or maybe you're mental to go, uh, all of these sort of things. I've, there's nothing wrong with me. Don't go to therapy. You don't have to go to therapy if there's something wrong with you. Do You know what I mean? Uh, that's not the only reason, sorry, to go to therapy if there's something wrong. One of the things I love about therapy is having somewhere to go every week for an hour that I can just talk about the stuff that's going on in my life, whether that be work, whether that be, I had a conversation this week and it pissed me off, or um, actually, do you know what, something, I remembered something from years ago, and it's been really bothering me, mm. stuff like that happens in our lives all the time. We may not have either the time to be able to sit down with somebody because it's not appropriate. Maybe it's a workplace. Maybe the person is going through something themselves and you don't have, you can't talk to them about why they're going through it. Or you may not have that somebody that you can just go, can I just, you know, verbally vomit at you for the next hour because, you know, I just want to get this out of my head. That's what I loved. Now, you know, I did a lot of work. You know, therapy is where to not be, you know, under the uh, impression that it's not hard at times. But sometimes it's just like, this is what's going on in my head and I want to talk about it. It doesn't mm. have to be the trauma. It doesn't have to be the breakup. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, anxiety driven things. It could be just this is my life and I'm talking about it.
1: It's actually just as you're kind of talking there, I want to, if it's okay to speak to something I went through recently, because, you know, up to close to 100 personal therapy hours and I'm you still haven't got a handle of myself. But something that happened recently, I because I've gone on to specialise in sex and relationship therapy, I was like, okay, well, I have to go now and see a sex and relationship therapist and kind of get a oh, sense please. of what that's like. Okay, yeah. so I went to found a lovely sex and relationship therapist and got into it, and I was like, okay, it's going to be all about sex and it was nothing it was no not nothing to do with sex yes yeah, sex was touched on because of course we're all sexual beings and you know sexuality a part of us it's a fundamental part of us a very important part of us but there was other things that kind of trumped it like a lot of the time oh. like
0: the day-to-day stuff
1: the day-to-day and like i i remember we were about four sessions in and you know I was just talking you know I got my shit together I'm an okay person and you could tell like you know it was more two peers just kind of like you know like talking and like no don't get me wrong I was still being honest and everything like that uh, especially in relation to sex but uh, the I went through a really distressing event and Mm -hmm. I actually emailed her because we were going every two weeks and I was like oh my god do you have availability this week and they were like yeah I actually do if you'd like to meet up and I was like yes please as soon as possible and I literally cried for 50 minutes I cried I was a ball of tears I was that vulnerable golem just crying and at the end of the session they were just like thank you so much for opening up and now in the next session then after that they actually said to me that's like that's what I was waiting for I was waiting for that rawness I was waiting for that vulnerability and of course they could say this to me because I'm you know I'm also like in that professional space so they knew like I wouldn't fall to pieces but they were like I I like to see you that vulnerable. It was just like, and I had you. I was holding you, and I I felt like you knew you were safe here to do that. Yeah. And you knew that was what.
0: The that space is for. gold star therapy, though. Of course. Isn't it?
1: But therapy won't always be those aha moments or those. No. There's a, there's a lot of existing just on the surface just kind of happy on the surface just discussing what you see on the surface but then there'll be those times that you need it to be something else and you will go to that raw place that vulnerable place but you will be held there and you'll be made to feel safe there and that it's okay to be there and talk about being there and what it's like to be there and that's where you will get the benefit from it and you will know that when you are in the world. And you're feeling like this, you're safe. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And
0: you're okay to go through it again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I think a lot of people, if they're doing it in isolation, if these things come up and they, you know, that that's really highly emotional charge that comes through and letting that emotion out. If they if they are on their own, they're doing it in isolation, but there's no there's no connection with somebody in that. There's no being seen in that. There's no being able to share that. It's mm. just that isolated experience. And if you can get that connection with somebody who will, yeah, hold that space for you, do it non-judgmentally, and then actually help you figure out what you're feeling, how this came about, what it's, you know, has it triggered stuff from the past, and that's why it's so intense now. There's so much richness that can be, you know, in that space. But yeah, it's not, that's not every session. You know, Uh, some sessions you're going in, this Becker tipped my car and I'm raging about it. And you go into that, and that's fine.
1: Absolutely okay. Are, yeah.
0: Yeah. There are times when and again, this is the 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 life piece of going most of the times we're ticking along and things are relatively okay and then something happens out of the blue and you're like, Whoa, what the hell is this? How do I what is this? How do I do this? That's what therapy is. When you're in it and you have that relationship, you can't go into your first session and go, the Most upsetting thing has happened to me today, and it reminds me of the most upsetting thing that happened to me in my childhood. Can I talk about it with you? And you're like, yeah. The therapist is like, yeah, sure, but you don't know me, you don't trust me. It's going to be very vulnerable. You're going to have such a vulnerability hangover if you do this uh, because you don't know what I'm like with it. So being in therapy, not long term, but enough of an experience, even of therapy, to know this is the, this is how it rolls, this is how it goes, and. If, if stuff happens and uh, the hard stuff happens while you're in therapy you know your health
1: I think as well it's kind of important I think maybe at this point just to frame what the difference is between counselling and what the difference is between psychotherapy so because
0: gosh we're getting into you know the the therapists are going to come after us for this one
1: <laughs> you think oh uh, well yeah. I suppose so, for me because
0: it's a hot topic
1: It is a hot, well, there's counsellors and psychotherapists on, like, even my training. It's, you know, counselling and psychotherapy. counselling and
0: psychotherapy, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, okay, I'll ask you, Clodagh, what is the difference between counselling
0: and psychotherapy? (laughs) Depends on who you talk to. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> okay, so you're, the general. You
1: know, I'm, going to, I'm going to I'm going to. Sorry, go on. You're actually going to. I'm going to
0: go so. in. I'm going to answer. Yeah, it, yeah. go first. And uh, so the general thought is, so counselling is, I have a problem, I want to come in and solve this problem, and then I'll end therapy. So once I have the problem solved, then I'll walk away. That's all I wanted. That's all. You know, maybe it's anxiety. You know, maybe it's a I want to move job and I don't know how to do it, and or I want to leave a relationship and I don't know how to do it. And as soon as that thing is done, that's it. It's over. Psychotherapy is more long term. Psychotherapy is the whole life story, if you want to say. You go back and forth between the present and the past and see how the past is influencing the present. And it's more in depth. It's more, you know, it is the present stuff, as in it is that leaving the relationship piece. It is mm. that relationship piece if there's something going on. Sorry, folks, there's a lot of noise where I am. I apologize.
1: <laughs> oh, Claude has been triggered.
0: I know, um, and now I've lost my train of thought. Jesus, it doesn't take a lot for me.
1: no, it was the the, the psychotherapy, and you know, oh the, yeah, the, long the kind term, of yeah. long term, yeah, that's where you get into the psychodynamic kind of work yeah. and the kind of the, the so if you want to say
0: that and um, you know just say speaking of relationships now i do a lot of trauma work so that is more of the long-term stuff you know if you have uh, you know a lot of symptoms ptsd or anything like that you're you're going you know you're going to do in-depth work on that but a, an, a, an easy example of that would be so i keep having the same relationships the same thing keeps happening in relationships and i don't know why and it's like, okay, well, let's go back over through the relationships. And, you know, I, I would probably get the family history as well and see if there's any dynamics that are being repeated. And because we learn our love map from when we were kids, you know, how do we know what a relationship looks like? We only know by the experience of what's around us. So what did we learn? What did we, maybe it was a good relationship, but we internalized something and made a rule out of it or made an understanding of it with kid brain. And we mm-hmm. need the adult now to go back and go, actually, hold on. That wasn't true in the first place. And I've been living my relationship as if it was true. So obviously that is long-term, you know, really digging deep and pulling pulling out the threads. So that is my understanding of what counselling and psychotherapy is.
1: Yeah, that would be my kind of understanding of as well. Counselling kind of more short-term and then psychotherapy kind of more the long-term but I get how you're saying it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a touchy subject. There would always be the recommendation that if you're going to enter into counselling or psychotherapy or one of the same, you'd give it at least maybe the six sessions or, you know, to kind of, to give yourself at least that. It's an investment in yourself. I think therapy is the best way to get to know yourself. Like, I think everyone should just take a bit of time to really get to know yourself. Um, We're not
0: biased at all. Yeah,
1: without (laughs) any of the expectation, without any of the social media, without any trying to make other people happy. Who are you in here? Like, who are you in here? And how do you want to be out there? And that's what I think therapy is a great way to get to know yourself.
0: Yeah, no, it is. 100% agree with that. And, you know, if you're if you're not as well, and and therapists will love this as well. Give them feedback. If you're not feeling something, say it. You know, I I didn't really I didn't really understand. Like last week's session was a bit nothing. Like what was going on? You know, is this how it's supposed to be? Or, you know, you said something last week and it really upset me. You know, you said this, you know, can we talk about this? Hmm. Absolutely bring that stuff up. And if a therapist is getting um, defensive and, you know, pushing back and, you know, giving out to you or anything like that leave just that's get up their and walk shit <laughs> yeah that's not yes. your shit
1: that's their shit counter <laughs> shit.
0: yeah, um, counter-transference. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh do you want to tell people about transference and counter-transference
1: oh we can't be that podcast uh <laughs> we can't be that But
0: it, it, another point on counter-transference this is basically like you know when somebody brings it like as a therapist people bring stuff to to uh, sessions and it is it is that raw, it is that emotional, it is that real honest piece. And sometimes it's bloody heartbreaking and we are humans too. So, you know, you, I will say you had just mentioned, you know, sometimes uh, counter-transference with of you know, this bad word, you shouldn't be, You shouldn't have it, you shouldn't do it, you should be aware of it and all this sort of stuff. But um, when somebody, when you've worked with somebody for so long, you have that relationship with, you, you know, client therapist, it's strong and the bond is strong that you're, you know, um, uh, have that space for that uh, vulnerability Mm. and they tell you something that's heartbreaking or as you know life is happening something terrible happens you are heartbroken for them because you're human so that's counter-transference that i can be terribly sad in a session with somebody but i will tell them that i'm like you know as you
1: should we yep. frame it though? Should we frame firstly what transference is and then what Yeah, of
0: go terms? for it. It's like yeah, we're yeah.
1: giving away, the, you know that magician secrets. that gives away all the yeah. magician secrets? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're giving Behind away all the, the therapy secrets, yeah.
0: But yeah. Do, do you want to frame listening it? to us. anyway, it's fine. <laughs> uh, do I want to frame it? So transference is, so if you are, gosh, I haven't thought about it a definition of transference and no, they're very the
1: ambiguous they're very ambiguous yeah. notions and they're kind of they're they're actually seen to be a little bit outdated
0: they're yeah. actually my example of it would be like you know uh, somebody coming in and seeing me as like this uh, authoritative figure and you know yeah. a mother figure whatever. a father yeah.
1: figure you know and then they
0: treat a me a friend as that they person. hate
1: yes exactly
0: Yeah. so they're transferring that persona onto me and expecting me to be that person and then when I'm not that's really jarring And it's like this this sort of little battle comes on until they trust that I'm not that person or like that's great work you're like well you know where did where did you come up you know against that before you know who does that remind you of and then how was that you know if that person in your life was that you know domineering and hard or cruel or unkind whatever it is and you're like you know okay you know for us that's Potter, that's you know that's part of the work but that is transference from a client onto the counsellor you remind me of this person and it is playing out in our relationship now as a client therapist
1: I'm laughing uh, I I don't mean to laugh but it's just you're like,
0: laughing at me
1: I struggled with transference and counter I'm not laughing at you I'm laughing at yeah, you yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I like so uh, the, the, the listen I'll put it out there disclaimer this is just my mad brain coming up with this but this is the way I understood it and the way I remembered it like so transference is the client's shit and mm-hmm. counter transference is the therapist's <laughs> shit
0: brilliant yes. yeah
1: that's the way to yeah. simplify it it's yeah that's that's the way and that's probably better where to draw the line um, yeah i love it so love it. okay you asked me my experience of personal therapy, and that's how this all started some yes. some oh, age ago. Around. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose can I ask you the same question? Would you like yes, to share that? I
0: can. So my mine was I'm trying to think. I was in my early twenties as well, and yeah, my first therapist was was a person centred. Like you know, I've been to a few therapists as well. You know, just before I even started training, and then during training so I've gone through a different uh, different types of therapy as well so Mm. person centered first and that was for me the person was lovely absolutely lovely but the the problem was there was a sort of a dual relationship in that they knew my parents and actually had yeah and of course I went into that going you know my parents wanted me to see somebody and they were like we recommend this person and I kind of knew of them and I was like okay I kind of feel like yeah sure. But then I didn't talk to them. I didn't tell them what was going on because what if they went back and said something, you know? Because they knew them, because no, they never would, but I didn't, I couldn't trust that. And I wanted them obviously to, you know, well, I can't tell them that because they know my parents. What if they, uh, again, this is very juvenile, very, you know, I was very young, even emotionally, to even think about it. Now I would fly in effect, like I'd just say what I wanted to say. But at that time, it wasn't right, you know, uh, they were lovely, they were qualified, you know, it was good, but having that, having them know people in my life restricted me from saying things that I needed to say because what if this was said back? So that was one of my first experiences. I got, you know, good benefit out of it, the stuff that I needed to and felt like I was able to talk about, I was able to talk about and got relief from that. I also did CBT and I think like you, I don't know whether I finished the six sessions. It was definitely from the start of going, you know, it was very structured. I knew what I had to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, I was more aware then at that time and I wanted to talk about something specific. And that was the conversation piece. Now I, I didn't understand it then, I understand it now. It's hindsight is great. But at the time, it was like, okay, I and mean, what do you think about that? What are your negative thoughts about that? And I was like, I don't know, can we talk about it and figure it out? And it was like, no, but what do you think, you know, when you when you have this feeling, what do you think? And I was like, it was really jarring. There was no connection in it. I found it really hard. Now, do I use CBT in some of, in some of the work I've done? I have trained in it, and or I've done a module in it. I'm not a CBT therapist or anything like that, but And I do find it's good to, you know, when I, when I, you know, no client and I I hear, you know, and okay, you keep coming up with the same kind of story. Can we challenge that a little bit? Mm. And so even in that experience of the, the amount of therapy I did at that time with the CBT therapist, I did learn to challenge things, you know, and one of the basic tenets of CBT therapy that I learned was not all thoughts are true. So. At that time, didn't really know myself if I was having, you know, uh, negative thoughts. What were they? Negative automatic thoughts. They called them gnats. If I had all these little gnats flying around my head, I was like, I'm such a terrible person. I have an itchy head. This way, yeah, (laughs) I have an itchy head. I had a very itchy head back then, and that was powerful for me. Going, okay, not all thoughts are true. You know, that's our brain. Our brain's job is to think, and lots of stuff will fly into our brain and. It doesn't mean that I'm thinking about doing it, wanting to do it or, you know, it's just a thought and it's not, you know. So that was really helpful. Then, uh, what did I do after that? Later years, it was more trauma therapy. Mm. And that I found much better, much more suited. But at the same time, I was still quite young. I was still emotionally immature. I didn't understand what I was going through in terms of that trauma aspect and I found it very difficult and I wasn't again I wasn't telling the therapist how I was feeling in terms of the actual therapy you know we were talking about really hard stuff and I was struggling with that outside of the therapy sessions because it was it was really shaking my life it was shaking the snow globe as it were And in between sessions, I was finding it so difficult, but I was like, oh, well, this is just how therapy is. This is how it's supposed to go. And what I needed to be saying was, this is too much. Mm. This is really overwhelming. And so that was difficult for a while. And then I found a really good therapist and I actually started doing another type of therapy I started doing was EMDR therapy, which was really helpful. Which I've really heard t-
1: of this. Obviously, I've heard of this, yeah. <laughs> but I suppose I'm like, oh, I know this. Yeah. Emotion What
0: is this? Eye movement, in? desensitization, reprocessing. It sounds very futuristic.
1: Is that that's not the tapping,
0: is it? It can be tapping. It can be eye movement um, and okay. left and right. It can be. Uh, they call it the butterfly hug. So you won't see this because I'm I'm putting my hands across my chest. My right hand is on my left shoulder. My left hand is on my right shoulder. And kind of like a butterfly, it looks like. And I can tap left and right. And as I'm processing an emotion or whatever, that uh, does the bilateral stimulation. So it gets both sides of the brain working on the processing on the issue as you're going through it.
1: I think that speaks to what therapy can be as well and what it kind of maybe boils down to a little bit. Like emotional self-regulation. And Mm. just being able to regulate, I suppose, what we're going through, what we're experiencing, what we're feeling. I think it's about regulation, self-regulation, because of course, and actually, when you're with a therapist in a room, it's automatically co-regulation.
0: Co-regulation, yeah. yeah.
1: But then I think what happens in that space, you're co-regulating, but then you go out into the world and you start self-regulating so it kind of kicks in the kind of the motor of self-regulation i think so sorry that's just what came up for me there as i rudely interrupted you yeah
0: no no that's beautiful because it is we do like if you don't have again a healthy example of what regulation is that's what you're regulating with Mm. so their dysregulation is regulating you if that makes sense and if you go into adulthood and you are trying to regulate yourself, but getting, you know, you have all these thoughts and feelings and you feel overwhelmed and there's, you know, life is happening all the time, but you don't know how to regulate that because you've not been taught of it, or you've not been taught enough, maybe. And having a healthy example of that through therapy and even furthermore, looking at coping skills, looking at how to regulate the body, actually how to regulate the body, not just this esoteric idea of oh, yeah, we'll all just be grand and, you know, and um, sit like the Buddha and hum, we'll be fine. Actually, humming is a great regulator. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I I sing You're, a lot. Like, I just think yeah. it's, my, it's mad. It's like, Your um,
0: vagal tone. So when you hum, when you sing. So, like, if you think about, you know, we've talked, touched on, I think, on, on in, other ter- in, in other podcasts, um, another episode, sorry, um, about the nervous system. And so there's the parasympathetic nervous system and there's the sympathetic nervous system. And if you just think of them, one is the gas pedal. So for all our cortisol and adrenaline and, you know, stress hormones. And then the other one is the break. It is the calm. It is the cool. It is the relaxed, digest, all of that. That's Um, the dopamine, isn't it? Dopamine. Is dopamine calm? Dopamine is kind of, uh, you get a hit of dopamine, so you get a high, not high, you get happy hormones or whatever.
1: Yeah, but I think it's calming.
0: Dopamine, is
1: it? Yeah, well, it would be be
0: for some. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I I only say this because (laughs) as a sex relation, the orgasm would release dopamine.
0: Ah, okay, good. And I know I
1: always want to sleep, so it relaxes (laughs) me.
0: Okay, folks, we are going to have an episode of talking all about sex because, you know, you know that's where he wants to go. Um, I've lost my train of thought again. What was I With talking dopamine,
1: about? Dope, sorry, we were talking about the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. Why was I talking system. about that? One is the break and one is yeah. the gas.
0: Oh, yeah, that's how we know. how. Yeah, so we know what... If you know what presses your gas pedal, you know that, you know, your your system is a little bit dysregulated and you're a bit overwhelmed maybe at times, but you now know maybe in therapy you've learned this and you're going to learn here. If you hum or you sing or even if you beat your chest in a rhythmic motion, that sets off the calm. That sets off the break. So here you learned it first. So I'm sure loads of people know that already, but that is how you regulate yourself. But therapy can do that. Therapy can teach you. This is how I can regulate. This is how I can manage those big ones, those big emotions, those, and even be able to name, this is what's happening for me. Hmm. I see you're Googling something. What I'm trying to Google
1: dopamine? dopamine. Oh, yeah. It's a neurotransmitter. Dopamine, yeah. is, dopamine is involved in movement, memory, pleasurable reward and motivation, mm-hmm. behavior and cognition, attention, Sleep and arousal, mood, learning okay. and lactation, okay,
0: hmm. so there's a lot going on there, right it, we'll play, take
1: it it plays a small role in the fight or flight syndrome, the fight or flight response yeah, oh, dopamine also causes blood vessels to relax, um, okay, so we do own
0: dopamine,
1: yeah, reduces insulin production the pancreas does, okay. does reduces. How does dopamine make someone feel happy? Dopamine is known as the feel-good hormone. It gives a sense of pleasure. It also gives you the motivation to do something when you're feeling pleasure. Okay. Nice. So dopamine is part of your reward system. Okay. My God. Okay. We'll
0: take, yeah. that. We'll take more of that. More you can dopamine, cut, you please. You can
1: cut all that out if you want. I was just interested to kind of actually frame dopamine because that's what yeah. I, yeah. The relaxing, well the adhd
0: there's a lot of dopamine kind of induced activities isn't it
1: yeah but i suppose these these chemicals and these substances they play so many roles in our bodies and in our brains yeah. you know it's,
0: it's so fascinating to... this being human thing
1: yeah it's it, it's just typical me that i associated with the orgasmic part of it the role of plays in we're orgasms we're gonna give
0: you a whole episode of no, 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 no. so yes
1: yeah, sorry we were talking about talk therapy we talked about a few yeah. modalities how what are your thoughts on existential psychotherapy
0: oh I enjoyed studying that and I do you know I think everybody goes through that existential crisis of you know what is the meaning of my life who am i and all that sort of stuff and it's such a again so normal human um and so the the big questions is that what you're talking about existential therapy
1: yeah because i suppose this i've come across it and i would be very existential myself in my own personal therapy like yeah. looking beyond just myself and the bigger picture and what's my purpose What's yeah. the meaning of life? What's the point of it all? And a very good book I recommend to everyone is *Man's Search for Meaning*. So, yes, I know it's a very uh, gendered kind of title, but if it, yeah. it's, it's of its time, but it's an amazing book. You could read it I mean, in like two hours. Yeah. It, go back
0: to that quite regularly, you know, oh, at amazing. least once a year, and just to touch up on it because, yeah, yeah, I, I second that book if you can, um, and yeah. Victor Frankl, you will not Man's okay. Search for Meaning*. There you go yeah you won't regret it yeah i do i like it uh, i i would probably be like you not so much i don't think uh, about the bigger picture and uh, the big questions i probably would actually maybe i am because i love having those conversations i love mm. those deep let's look at the world questions
1: i have a question for you right stemming oh, from we are queer and we are here we're here and we're queer do yeah. you believe queer individuals that are not kind of going the normal heteronormative blueprint of, like path in life are more likely to come up with existential crises because they don't know their purpose, they don't know their meaning, and they're struggling to find. Do you think they'd struggle probably, to find that more?
0: Probably, yeah. Because the what's the roadmap? It's kind of like what we were we weren't talking about it in this episode. We we're talking about it in another episode of going and what is. Uh, what is my role in life if it's not this you know what's, what's being my presented purpose to me?
1: what's yeah. my what's my drive what's my purpose what's going to give me a sense of meaning and yeah. you know what's going to make me purposeful make me fulfilled yeah. and what is it i like what in, is it
0: i want what is it vertical. and if i don't see images of that or examples of that again in the queer community there's less representation so I'm seeing that less and less. I can't. The chances of me finding me in the world is less. So I am going to go. Well, what the heck is the point? Mm. What is it I'm doing? So probably yes, I would say. What is your answer?
1: Yeah, I I think very much so. I I think yeah. sometimes it's very easy in life to not question things. It's easier oh, not God, to question yeah. things. It's easier not yeah. to challenge things. It's easier just to go with the majority let's follow let's just be yeah. lemmings no lemmings going off the side of the cliff yeah. let's just all follow each other into oblivion and see what yeah. happens well we all know what happens
0: everything <laughs> yeah.
1: everyone everywhere ends um yeah. From six feet yeah, and under. on that
0: note, we'll finish the podcast. Everything ends. Good luck. Bye.
1: I know. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> Wait, we've more to say.
0: Uh. Uh, no, I think, I, you know what, I think, yeah, It's there's a great you in that. There's a great, okay, well, what is your answer? You know mm. what I mean? You don't want a therapist's answer. You want your answer. And that's what therapy is about. It's about going, well, I kind of think this and I kind of feel that. And when I say this, this kind of makes me feel this. And, you know, again, the threads, the rabbit hole, going following it wherever it needs to go. And you start to just unfold who you are bit by bit by answering these questions or, you know, exploring what it is, you know, different things in the world, whatever they may be. And I think existential therapy is a great one. I've never gone to an existential therapist who's like just pure, I suppose, if you want to say. But definitely it comes into probably every type of therapy I've ever done. Oh, yeah. The question will come in, the big question of going, what is the point of it all? And not in a, not in a a suicidal way, but I mean, as in, you know, am I doing life right? You know, sometimes you can get it really, you know, you want to do, I want to do what I've been put on the planet for, whatever that is. Now, and I know it's very random. There is no, you know, you make the purpose, but I want to make my purpose. I want to, I want to live intentionally. But I first have to know what my intention is and that has to be my intention true to me. So there comes in the big questions, regardless of if you want them or not.
1: So Then you have to ask yourself, does any of it even really matter?
0: Yeah. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it matters, you matter. Ultimate existentialism. <laughs> yeah. No, No, of course it matters. It it has to
1: matter. It has to matter. There's so. Go to you. Do you know what? The world can be, yes, a trying, difficult place, but there's also such beauty in the world. Like, oh, do you remember that film years ago, American Beauty? And
0: oh, I haven't watched that in a million years. Oh my
1: god, it was amazing. But I loved that the bag, the bag just floating, that plastic bag. Blowing in the breeze. And
0: I have, the, like, what's that? On, on and it's just
1: it? like, sometimes there's so much beauty in the world. I just feel like my heart could explode. All and right. like, there is such beauty in the world. And it is just kind of recognizing that as well, outside of all the chaos and everything
0: else that's going on. You know, a lot of people would say, you know, their faith gets them through. And I don't have a, like, a, if you want to say a religious faith, but I do. What has always gotten me through is my faith in people.
1: That's what is, I'm saying. Let's put our faith yeah. in each other. And I yeah. think the world would be a much better place.
0: I was living in a utopia.
1: Listen, Nobody... I told you, I'm quite optimistic. I'm just, there's a practical <laughs> side of me as well. That's just a bit yeah, like, you yeah, know.
0: Yeah. Oh. Trust but verify. You know, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to put, you know, people are amazing. People have, uh, they're, they're, they're capable of so much love and so much just uh, Oh, they're just amazing. You know, things that people go through and who they are and how they come out of it at the end of it. There's more good than there is bad. I know that for sure. Claudia, yeah.
1: I think you're amazing.
0: Ah, oh, Paul, oh, I think you're amazing. Everybody listening, <clears throat> you're amazing. We no, are delighted don't you're big. here today. This is about us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I need the validation. I need it, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha no yes everyone is amazing
0: yeah yeah i think that's uh, i think that might, that might be a good way to end it because yeah therapy is good and you're good and go do therapy and be even better
1: <laughs> yeah and i suppose on was on a serious note do like do link into any supports that are there locally around you i mean the, the, there are benefits it might not be for you but the GP is always there. And I mean, we can all get to those. There's a the text as well. service
0: as well, the crisis text line. And you don't have to be in crisis, obviously, yeah. but you There's can so text in. Right if you're...
1: So many yeah. supports. So just I'll do put
0: some links in the show notes as well of any, uh, any supports that are out there that we can, that yeah. we can link you in. This.
1: But to, to anyone who has kind of made it this far and has listened to us for this long, <laughs> I think you're doing pretty okay in life. I mean, if you're if you're able to regulate yourself, yeah, if you're able to regulate yourself (laughs) for the last hour with us, you're doing okay.
0: (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) Thanks, Uh, everyone. Yeah, okay, folks. We will see you in the next episode. Have a good time, and yeah, leave us any questions or get in touch. We'll have the emails or the um, social media page if you want to ask us anything or if you have topics you want us to talk about please do share them with us okay until next time bye bye